you want to make an emotional wellness inventory. Like what makes you feel good? Write down a list of like maybe 10 items and then make sure, get yourself a plan of how you can implement at least three of them and a time frame in which you want to do it. And just the same way that you schedule all of your meetings during the day, put this on your calendar as well. Like, you know, get yourself ready to watch the, the game coming on or you prep mm-hmm. to, you know, get yourself to the next meeting and that, you know, your social organizations. Do the same thing for your mental health. Be intentional about scheduling it and participating in it. Welcome to Black Addict, the next adventure of Gail and Tia. This is a podcast about our life adventures, and we love to bring friends along. Gail, how was your weekend and your week? How's it been going? Hey, Tia. Hey, everybody. Good to be with you all again. It's been a hectic week. I've had a lot of running around, you know, work, side stuff, you know, just life. And it's really um, a bit overwhelming right now. And it's so funny that you ask because I started meditating. And I really find that helpful, you know, to just like relax, step back, breathe and think, even though I'm not quite sure if you're supposed to be thinking while you're meditating, (laughs) but it does give me an opportunity to just think about, you know, what's on my plate and try to organize things in my head. So it's been working. Start meditating. About a month ago, I think. And it actually helps like in the middle of the night when I can't sleep, I will turn on an app and get a little sleep meditation going and it seems to work. So yeah, highly recommend it. What about you? How's your week? How have you been? It's been the same. And you know, Gail, I have been, I counted, I've been at home working with no one in the home for about, gosh, it's going on 20 months. I mean, Mm -hmm. I have, all I do is all day spend my day on Zoom and Zoom and Zoom and Zoom. Often Mm -hmm. I get a chance to go meet somebody, you know, maybe for coffee and that type of thing. But for the rest of the day, I'm on Zoom calls and I'm starting to get a little tired of it. I'm starting to get worn out. I don't feel like exercising anymore. I don't feel, I'm just tired. I'm tired of the whole COVID thing. I'm tired of the Zoom. I'm tired of not being any anybody's presence. So I don't know what to do, honestly. I've been trying to think of some things to try to get me kind of out of this funk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, well, lucky for us, we have on a great guest today, Dr. Camille Adams-Jones, better known as Mrs. Doc Jones. She's a well-known psychotherapist here in the Washington, D.C. area. And Camille is the perfect person to help us. So welcome, Camille. How are you? So good day, good day, good day, good people. And I appreciate you all having me. I hope this day has met everybody with new opportunities to bloom and to engage and embrace wellness. How's that for a mouthful? How's that for a mouthful? <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. That sounds real great. I don't know if I'm there yet. Doctor, I think I need some assistance. You seem as though you are really energized. (laughs) I will say that wellness is one aspect of life that will not wait. So either you will be intentional about it or it will intentionally be about it. It's a conversation I've had all too often, especially these past 20 months. Actually, let me not say 20 months, because I feel like we were coasting that first 
45 to 60 days. At that point, you know, the pressure was on just to grab toilet paper and uh, paper towels (laughs) and light toilet spray. So Uh nobody was really worried about mental health because, you know, at that point we were playing the Hunger Games. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but we made it through that aspect and then it started settling in. And a lot of things you just spoke on, Tia, there are so many people that their entire just socialization and engagement in life was the practice and process of leaving and going to work. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of empty nesters, our, you know, our elder population, like, you know, was socially isolated, those kind of things. And there's a whole level of the population that just went through uh, withdrawal symptoms of like people and socializing. Now there's a whole other population, our introverts, they are having the time of their lives. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> they like, come on, Delta variant, you know, but, <laughs> you know, when there's like those other extroverts and it's those people who need to get out and mingle who are just not doing well right now. Yeah. So this is, I'm sure, unprecedented times for your practice. You know, this pandemic has taken us all in different directions and, you know, has evoked different types of feelings. So I'm sure you're having different conversations than you're used to in the past. Absolutely. And one of those conversations, you know, one of part of my practice here in DC, I do a lot of work with couples. You ever love somebody until you got to spend some time with them? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, you could be head over heels in love, man of my dreams, woman of my dreams. Look at her. But you need her ass to leave the house eight hours of the day. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) When she's not and you realize and he's not, you realize did he have one of them sweatpants these last two days? Like, mm-hmm. is, that, is that wife beater moving on him? <laughs> you know, and I had to say, I've had a lot of engagement with couples that have had to intentionally be together. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we bring, brought new meaning to the term, like, you know, being apart makes the heart grow fonder. You know, mm-hmm. I've been married. I was saying, I was like, it's either 13 or 14 years. I don't know. These last 20 months, I've done something in our relationship too. And I, <laughs> and I was saying, you know, I love him, but man, I could pack his stuff tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, you know, no friends, nobody want to walk with you at the grocery store, take a jog around the block. I was like, let's get on Facebook Marketplace and get you a bike. Like, <laughs> Just something, but those are also like actually avenues to like really incorporate your wellness, like get out and do something, get out and do something. And I've been talking to couples about, you know, avoidance is not always, is avoidance sometimes is with, the, with us with this rat race of life and life was mandated to just pause. Mm-hmm. I think about us, we got three little ones. They are all in something. So we are Uber, taxi cabs, and then we got toddlers. So we stroll up, pushing, pull up, changing, like, you know, and so, but we got them in karate. We got them in church. We got them in swimming. We got them in Jack and Jim. We got them in everything you could think of. And all that stopped. So we yeah. had to intentionally just be a family in the house. And right. it was amazing for my toddlers and our 10-year-old. And then it wasn't. I was mm-hmm. like, listen, y'all, this is our house. Where's the other piece of this blind? And so, like, you know, families just went through a great deal. I know for me, I became a private practitioner as well as a homeschooler all at once, a Mm -hmm. wife. And then the next thing I know, I was like a line order cook. I was, people had special requests for meals. And I was like, y'all gotta use y'all school's time stomachs. Whatever they (laughs) serve at lunchtime, you know. 
Nope, it's peanut butter and jelly day. So don't come in here asking okay. for chicken fingers. Don't come in here asking for chicken fingers. Okay. So. <laughs> well, it's funny. You, you mentioned about not wearing, I guess, clothing in the sense of I know that I have started to just wear every day sweatpants. And I wonder. Are other people doing that? And does that affect your mood? I used to, like you said in the beginning, get up, get dressed, get ready. And it seems like it's faded out where I just, you know, I don't even bother. And I don't know if that's good or bad. No, you are doing great. If you are at sweatpants, you have graduated. You are on what we call level two. (laughs) Because those at level one are still in panties or pajama pants. So... Making it, you are making it, Tia. Don't you stop? Mm-hmm. Go, girl, go. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then we have those people that are on level three, and okay. those are the ones we call top heavy. Those are the ones that are getting Zoom ready from the neck up. Right, they got some earrings on. They done beat that at least bottom lip with some Carmex. You know, <laughs> they done brushed these teeth. They are rocking and rolling. They got the bomb top on, and then they even put on two pairs of clip-ons. But <laughs> if that camera tilt down. They ain't got no pants on. They are, right. you know, and there's so many people, and I have to say, myself included, I have just joined the elastic waistband crew. I'm out here, like, you know, my local grocery store saved my life. They introduced a new brand of cookie, the double chocolate chip chunk cookie at Wegmans. And I said, this is a grocery store trying to save America. This is the grocery store making America great again. And I said, I am not going to be negligent of their offerings. Give me two dozen, you know? (laughs) And then for my own mental state, I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to worry about people talking about the COVID-15, the COVID-19. If you have an elastic waistband, you don't qualify for any of that. It just keeps Mm -hmm. stretching and stretching and stretching. (laughs) So, Tia, congratulations. You are on level two with those sweatpants, and I am proud of you. Well, I will say I am on level three because I do try to pull myself together from the waist up for my Zoom meetings at work. But, you know, waist down, who knows? Exactly. (laughs) Who knows? That is people don't realize it, but that is a recipe and a prescription for wellness. Getting up and getting dressed. If you think about it, if you just lay in bed in like those same pajama pants, those same sweats, that same college T-shirt, you know, you are not doing anything to just change your environment. I tell people, get up, get dressed, and at a minimum, open your blinds. Let's on that vitamin D peep through, especially minorities, we already have a vitamin D deficiency. And when we deprive ourselves of air, sunlight, and just the, the new dawn of the day, we're robbing ourselves of those signs of wellness. As the season changes, the, it gets darker earlier, we start to resemble what it looks like outside. And mm-hmm. our personality that takes that on, like our mood changes, our disposition changes. But you're a different person when you're quote unquote decorated, showered and refreshed. Think about how you feel coming out of the shower. You know, so it's just a new day. Now, I know mm-hmm. some of us have not been hanging out with our waxologists the way we should have. So, you know, <laughs> the shower's gotten a little bit more complicated, but <laughs> come out. Refreshed and renewed is a great feeling. But, and mm-hmm. I tell everybody, get back into some of your self care re- um, routines. Like, you know, see that wax out, just make those two eyebrows you've gained during mm-hmm. this COVID 19, turn them back into one. Get that wax strip down the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and get, don't not just for your mate, but give yourself someone to look at. Like, be joyous right. in it. And it's so intentional. And I tell everyone right now that 
home and work have collided. You know, if you think about it, many people's home office is their dining room table, their kitchen table, mm -hmm. or their bed with these new Zoom backgrounds. Like, you know, all you really are doing is taking off your bonnet and sitting upright. <laughs> you got the background <laughs> going. Nobody has to be the wiser to know that you're nude. You know, but um, mm -hmm. uh, you like Gail, on level three, you got that top part <laughs> taken care of. And so, you know, when you're not intentionally trying to put your best foot forward, it's very easy to miss the steps and recognize how deep engaged you are in not taking care of yourself. And then your mm -hmm. mental health starts to really mimic that in a sense. It starts to take on a personality of its own. And you don't realize that, you know, wow, I'm changing. Until something becomes recognizable, you realize you are exploding over things like minimum, like me. I'm like, what the hell do you mean? You sold out of these double Dutch chocolate chip cookies. You sold us the baked goods. You told us you had cookies. I'm counting on these. And I'm like, ma'am, they're just over here. We just moved the way we have planted them on the shelves. I'm like, well, damn it, there was no memo about that. <laughs> because people are flipping out over the tiniest, smallest, most minuscule things. Yeah. I think well, this, I, you know, I had an incident at a restaurant where I completely flipped out because I did not have my order ready or I didn't have my order at all for about an hour. And I started to recognize it just wasn't me. I don't know why I got so angry you know, about this. I had to get out of the car because it was supposed to come curbside and it didn't. I called, no one answered the phone. Then I had to get out the car. I looked a mess. I hadn't gotten- You had, you had those ever. sweatpants on with those I had the sweatpants. I had the plus 15. I was angry and I just really exploded. And I wonder, you know, you talked about there are a number of people coming to the practice and it, it started to increase. But I think sometimes women, maybe even black women, we don't choose to get help or choose to do anything different. We just kind of sit in it. I'm so glad you brought that up because I am on this crusade of asking particularly black women to uh -huh. stop being beholden to this strong black woman badge. That is not a badge of honor. If anything, it has been a badge of um just stalling us, stalling our growth, trying to create this environment that we are resilient. We're just Teflon piece of steel that never gets injured, never needs anything. And it is a part of how we are adapting to maltreatment when it comes to ourselves. We are, you know, this whole push forward, push forward. Don't worry about it. We'll be okay. Like, don't focus on different things. Oh, it happened. Brush it off, brush your shoulders off, move on. And, you know, I'm a strong black woman. I don't need nobody. I don't need nothing. And I'll tell everybody, help me, help right. me. Like mm -hmm. if you see me laying out and like my kids, I was running away from home and I had just had enough. The children were winning. It was over. <laughs> my husband was hiding in the laundry room away from everyone. I couldn't find him. I was just running away from home and I made it as far as to the edge of the driveway. And I remember just laying on the edge of the driveway. The children just kept driving, riding their little wagon around me. Nobody tried to help me up. I had the whole COVID. My husband was like, by the time my husband came out, he was like, Camille, you know, the neighbors can see your panties. Please get off the grass. You know, and it's just like, I'm not well, baby. I'm not well. He was like, obviously at this point, you know, obviously at this point. He was like, but I'm not well enough to pick you up. So please let them just put one leg in the wagon and the children's <laughs> lives just rolling back in through the garage. But I say that to say, 
as a black woman, I wear so many hats and mm -hmm. I know the hats that I wear are just nowhere near where some of our other black women are. I'm not a single mom, but there are many that are. And I think about this octopus and all the arms that we have on and how many times you try to act as if there is nothing that can fade us. And that's such an injustice to us. It's just so limiting to really asking for help and raising your hand when you need rescue. And sometimes we don't raise our hand and say we need wellness until wellness comes after us. That intentional issue where we realize, oh my God, I just had a stroke. Oh, oh my God, I just snapped because my order's not well, not right. And now I'm out here in this plus 15 sweatpants, Crocs. Right. <laughs> and, a, and a headband, you know, right. no color that matches and everybody can see me in the community. And so oh, yeah. it's like, you know, before you get to that point, wouldn't okay. it just be better serving to just get the help you need, get a routine in place, do mm -hmm. some emotional wellness inventory, check on the same way we go to the dentist, we go to the doctor. What's wrong with having a therapist? What's wrong with that? Right. right. And what do you tell people when they say, oh, I don't need therapy. I'm going to pray this away. I have God in my corner. And, you know, how do you tell them that, you know, prayer is I'm great, wonderful. Of, I'm a product but. of a prominent African-American Baptist minister from Charlotte, North Carolina. And mm -hmm. I was raised by two parents that we knew scripture. Like we was there, I was out in the club, but my mother said, okay, where you going Sunday? I know where you're going to be Sunday mm -hmm. morning. And I tell people, I was like, you can have Christ and a counselor. You can have a therapist as well as the teachings of the Lord. And I don't dismiss that at all. I'm a faithful person. I'm a prayerful person. But at the end of the day, I know that my God has extended resources and opportunities for free will. And mm -hmm. that free will is, Camille, do you want your hair to be falling out? Do you want to do, you want to do crazy time in front of your kid's school? Do you want to be so unwound that you can't mother? You can't be that wife. You can't be that executive. You can't be that private practitioner. So for everyone that counts on you, the biggest person that has to be counting for you is yourself. And a right. lot of times that's the last person we put first. And I tell people all the time, do not discount your faith, but do not let it cost you getting well. And I think a lot of people, I'm like, you know, I said, I pray every day. And then I get down and do these affirmations of, you know, this is what I need to accomplish today. But my self-care, I know that I need what I call um, seclusion opportunities. I need time to just retreat where mm -hmm. I am not a champion for anyone or anything for at least an hour. And I know people are, can you do that each day? I'm like, hell no, I got three kids. No, I can't get no hour of the day, <laughs> you know, three days. But I do make it intentional that I do so at least twice a week. I find mm -hmm. an hour at some time and some now. I got toddlers, which means I can't go to the bathroom alone. Even mm -hmm. if I make it in there, their little fingers are coming through the bottom of the door. <laughs> God, God help me if I have a wrapper of a piece of candy or anything, because they can <laughs> hear that from three floors away. And then they come <laughs> running for one of my Oreos. So, you know, but, but I tell everyone, like, you know, have your scriptures. Like I'm big on Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ and strengthen me. But that comes from, also understanding that I got work to do as well. Like mm -hmm. I can't just lay it all on him. Like he's one of them. He's, I firmly believe that our God is one of those. Put in some work, help me. I got 256 million other people. Come on, throw in some work here. Put your back into it, girl. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, in addition to the pandemic, we've been dealing with a lot of racial issues, social issues, you know, and we know this has been going on, you know, 
long before George Floyd. But when George Floyd was murdered, it seemed like, you know, different people started to become aware and they wanted to jump in and they wanted to be the savior or help or be an ally. And which for me added pressure, you know, at my job. I work for a large organization, but we're only about, I don't know, 20% African-Americans, if that much. And, you know, it added a lot of additional stress, like an emotional stress. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And being held captive in your house because of the pandemic didn't seem to help. So I think a lot of people are just dealing with so much. What do you tell them? Like, how do you deal with, you know, the variety of things that are going on? So I will say this, the George Floyd effect hit home to many of us, especially those of us who are uh, mothers to brown or black children, as well as those who are married to brown or black men. Primarily because it is not a new narrative being told. And Mm -hmm. it was kind of insulting for those who just jumped in and jumped on with understand like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. You sure? Do you remember Rodney King? Because that was the 90s. Yeah, right. Emmett Till, you know, anybody have any recollection of the civil rights movement? Remember those dogs? Anybody remember the Greensboro Four? Remember they was just trying to get a little drink at the counter, you know? And so when you hear about these things, you think of like, one is like insulted, like, so really, you think my people have been making this up? And then the other piece is there's been this disconnect from these conversations in the workplace. And this is what I do highlight to people. This event stopped the two, the taboo conversations. There was no holes bars at this point because you couldn't run away from it. So it was in the workplace. And then we started to have companies make statements. And, mm-hmm. you know, what you, when you make statements, you have a diverse workforce. You have some that believe this, have this political view, that political view, but we never, remember, we never luck, talk politics in the workplace, mm-hmm. but we're just coming from an administration that made politics an impossible avoidance conversation. Like you had to really be talking about dogs, <laughs> and like monkeys, the circus, something <laughs> I mean, to just have not talk about anything that would intersect with politics for this last um, couple of years. But the George Floyd effect really hurt a lot of minorities in the workplace because it was almost like this burden of teach us, explain it to us, help us. And you're just looking like on top of all else I got going on. Now I have to teach you about your white guilt, your superiority, your your, your critical race theory. Now I got all of this, right? And then we had the emergence of diversity and inclusion campaign. And you realize they just brought in two Jewish people to teach about African-American race relations. And you're one of five black people on a team of a hundred. You're on this Zoom. And as you see these little Zoom boxes, everybody's looking at you to see your reaction to this lunch and learn that the staff has put that the team has put together because we're gonna cure race relations in the workplace between the hours of 12 noon and 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Be there or be square, you know. And <laughs> that what that is so, so true. So true. Oh, that is completely if, true. If there was ever a time to use a sick day, you know, it was just like <laughs> They're like, is your camera working? You're like, not for this one. Not for this one. Not for this one. 
but think about the position it puts you in. Here you are yeah. with your colleagues and peers. You are already, already on double time because there's this fight of, you know, you having to just prove how much of a subject matter expertise you are to your peers. There's mm-hmm. always this finish line that seems to move every time we advance. And now here's this extra burden to care as we are trying to advance and engage and move forward just with the tasks we were hired to do. And so it was really an unfair and still continues to be an unfair time to many Mm -hmm. of us. Like I sit in a position of leadership and I'm an African-American female. And then you have to hear the ideals of those with seats around the table. And all you can really do in many cases is just swallow hard and say, please don't ask me what I think because today is the day. (laughs) (laughs) Today is the day I got to call honey. Honey, you remember that pension? We were <laughs> they asked the question and I was prepared to answer it today. <laughs> so I had until five o'clock to get my belongings. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny though, that is so true. But I wonder if women, particularly black women, have acknowledged the pain that they feel. Because uh, let me tell you, I was in a game called Factuality, and Gal knows the story. And it was a game where you played, you were a different race. And basically the Black people lost the game all the time. I wasn't Black during the game, but the person who was did. And at the end, everyone just went on back to their lives. But I thought, you know, I'm still playing the game. I'm the Black person in the game. I'm still losing. And I got very emotional about it. But I remember thinking, I can't get emotional. I have to suck all this in. I can't let them see me upset. And I think all the time, how many times I've done that over year after year after year from some wound or comment or slap in the back or lack of movement or no raise or how many times I've done that? Was this game played at your job? Do you have a it's sort of- played at the job? It's called factuality. And it was, you it was a PDO office? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, office well, I'm actually in HR, but it was played in the office. And it was meant to give, as you said, an awareness about things that happen to Black people and others. But I felt, and I think other people in the room felt a lot of pain, but nobody felt comfortable speaking up. So we left. It hurts me to hear that because Mm -hmm. I tell, and this is what's happening in this diversity and inclusion movement. There's so many people out doing games like that or or engaging in little efforts like that, but they're dropping it off and not unpacking it, not giving tangible follow-on actions, not acknowledging what they've opened you know, just like, thank you. We appreciate this. We appreciate everybody for coming out for the, you know, 12 noon to 1 p.m. webinar on just tearing your life up even more. Welcome. Woo, thank you. <laughs> you know, and so, right. and I tell people one of the greatest responses that we've gotten from this pandemic and from this, just the Black Lives Matter movement, the era of not today. Right. There's so many people who are like, you no longer get me because you no longer value me. My, just my mental health, my self-worth is not welcomed here. So I'm moving my feet. And we have created so many builders. And I've been so excited that. And you think of people who just like quit their job ministry, like LinkedIn was just at the, they were like, revolution. 
Like, yeah, I quit today. I told, I've been at this company 26 years, but I know how they really feel about me now. And today was the day that I just cashed it on in and said sayonara. And they're going and they're building their own. Entrepreneurship is at an all-time high in our community because our offerings are so unique. We are such a creative community. We're such a creative people. We're such a dynamically intentional culture that what we have to offer is widespread. And I tell people all the time, people are like, well, you know, it's just for the moment. It's just for these trends. It'll die down when people are no longer really on the diversity and inclusion train. But until then, get your bag, sis. Get your coins, build up what you got to build. There will always be some new trend. There will always be something. Like for me, my phone rings off the hook with companies looking for, can you come and work with us with psychological safety in the workplace? I was like, well, what's going on in your workplace? They're like, well, we had this game called factual. (laughs) 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 Okay, okay. So your your staff is like, they don't have trust in leadership right now. (laughs) You just, it's just chaotic. Sure, I can be there. I can be there. $24.99 an hour. I will be there, but (laughs) you know, and I'm so encouraged because it's also helping this generation of millennials who already didn't have time for this. They didn't have time for this. So the next generation looks so bright Mm -hmm. because they are on it. Like you don't have to hire me. I will hire myself Mm -hmm. and then you will pay me for my offerings at the rate in which I determine. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, that's fine. Like, all right, go ahead, Generation Millennials. Go ahead, Generation Next. But please make sure you got a 401k plan, a Roth IRA. You got mm-hmm. some, you're doing something with your little crypto coins. Like something. <laughs> because, right. and, and in the worst case scenario, get yourself some long-term care plans. I know they don't believe in long-term care, but I'm like, it's coming, Millennials. You right. will be yeah. right where baby boomers are. You will be where, you know, that next generation is. So, I mean, just exactly. be planners. But the sofa today, but they're living for the day, I think, is going to be why that is the generation that outlasts us all. Because they they infuse self-care. You know, right. they're not working after they're not working after five. They at half no. an hour. They ain't gonna be in that community that has or oh, have used or lose. No, right. they use they've been to a no, they took their day, they was in Aruba every long weekend. Dude, don't you think about seeing them on no Friday or Thursday because they get <laughs> Thursday, Friday and they're going to take that Monday and they're going to use a sick day on Tuesday. They're going to get their full experience. And they're not going to Miami. They're not going to New Orleans. It was like, oh, I was headed out. I went out to Greece. We just ran real quick. We just ran real quick to Iceland. I had to really get that Guyanese experience. So we just, you know, and I love it. They are doing the world, picking up different things. Mm -hmm. different ways to take care of themselves and i know we look at this millennial population of having this microwave mentality but we can pick up some traits and treats from them because they own some self-care i mean they don't know how they're gonna pay for it how they're gonna finance it but they decide when i get there i can sell six oranges (laughs) that's how i pay for my hotel you know they take such a leap of faith more so than we ever have remember our parents generation was a generation of retire after 40 years mm-hmm. like yeah. I sit on that millennial cuss but also but I still have that ingrained have your footing mentality from my mom and dad so I keep me my nine to five and then I got my after five to keep me alive and things like that but I needed that because mm-hmm. I, I just have too much to offer to just give it to one aspect of life okay. and I think that you know I'm a lot but then this this they're the era of those who are retirement eligible who are now like, you know, I can work till I'm 70, but they're coming to the realization I can also travel, you know, mm-hmm. while I'm 70. I can also downsize a little bit and 
maybe I could hit Aruba. Oh, you know, maybe I can, you know, think about, I always wanted to learn how to fish. Maybe I can just live on this boat. Like Mm -hmm. everybody's into, let me give it a shot. And that is the best thing you can do for your self-care. Well, Dr. Jones, tell us more about what you are doing. I know you have a few things, you you know, you are a psychotherapist here in the DC area, but that's not all. You we count today, I'm headed to rehab because, um, my day drinking started a little earlier than no, I'm a psychotherapist here in the DC area. I'm also a mediator, a parent coordinator. I do a great deal with the courts because the family structure means a great deal to me. I am the product of two of the most dynamic people you could ever ask to be a part of. My parents were superheroes. They showed us love. They showed me how to love. And when I started working in this population, I saw a divorce happening. It was such a foreign entity to me. And I started realizing, like, you know, I've gone back to my girlfriend um, I grew up with, and I remember her parents got divorced. I remember being so envious of her because, and going to my mom and dad, I'm like, why can't you guys divorce? You know, <laughs> Keisha's got two bedrooms. She had two birthday parties. And they were just looking at me like, girl, if you knew how good you had wow. it. So I work with populations where I help, you know, children really get through divorce trauma. I wrote mm-hmm. a book about it, The Divorced Land of Sam. Sam has two of everything now that really uses rhyme and reason, almost like your Dr. Seuss type of approach to helping parents explain what separation and divorce means and just wow. give an edge of coping to youngsters who are in that dynamic. I cook for my self-help. I was raised by some dynamic chefs and I can have the bare ingredients in my home and make you a gourmet meal. But unfortunately, I live in a home with people who eat chicken fingers and french fries. So <laughs> while I'm up here, puree and mango and cilantro and everything, they're just like, you got ketchup? So my talents just fall by the wayside. I'm an EAP specialist, employee assistance program. So I do a great, great deal with workplace wellness. And a lot of people bring me in as a champion of um, really cultural transformation at their workplaces as we start to interject mental health first aid into the workplace. No longer can we, you know, just stand by and be like, oh, that person doesn't look well because we're in the era of the active shooter. Yeah. So I, I play a great deal of making sure employees understand, like, it's great to have technical skills as leaders, but you need these soft skills as well to recognize when your workforce is not well. And mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of work with um, companies right now because I don't know if they realize that we are working more that we're now that we're virtual. So before yeah. you had to get up from that desk at four o'clock to run and get those kids, you don't got to go nowhere mm-hmm. in the basement in homeschool. So you just, right. <laughs> you just got to like knock on the door, like chicken fingers and french fries ready. You, know? <laughs> so you realize that decompression period you would have where you would drive into work, where you could listen to naughty music, you know, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That's gone right now. That's and so funny. you're just at work more than ever before. And I'm trying to help organizations uh, recognize that um, employee engagement has to have some recess as well. Mm-hmm. And we're really intentional about teaching corporations and nonprofit organizations as well of how to just incorporate wellness as well as accountability and productivity and performance. Mm-hmm. Well, you do all of that. And you also have a 
presence on social media. Yes, I am Mrs. Doc Jones. That's M-R-S-D-O-C-J-O-N-E-S on Twitter as well as Instagram. You can catch me. Sometimes I do a couple of little vignettes to just get you mm-hmm. through the day. I started at 60 Seconds with Mrs. Doc Jones. Um, and then I also started a platform called Clinician Fest. It's for mental health and wellness practitioners to come together and really advance our platform as we try to just stump out this stigma that exists in our community. And we've done a lot of work with Black and mental health, really trying to make sure that our community, especially our African-American males, get to therapy. Even our women, I tell my women all the time, you, you know, like, I just want a husband. I just want to date. I'm like, have you seen you? Have you met you? The last oh. thing you have to be doing is advertising yourself as available, sis. You, you, know, you got some <laughs> unpacking to do. You got some healing to do before you take all mm-hmm. that bag that you wagging around with you to the next relationship that you will destroy. And so I tell people all the time, sometimes you got to date yourself. And if you're not having a good time on your dates, then other people aren't going to either. <laughs> you know, this is a terrible date. I'm like, okay, that means you got some work to do. Clean it up. Clean it up. <laughs> Well, let's real quickly recap some of the things that you had mentioned about making sure you're taking care of your mental health on your own. On your and own. you had said making sure you're getting up, you're taking a shower, you're getting dressed, you're opening up the blinds, you're going outside, you are taking time off, you know, not working constantly. Maybe you are taking some of those health, good health mm-hmm. days or you're taking those mental health days. You're, you're stopping work at five. I mean, why are we working into the night and into the next day? We can stop. We can take that pause. And you talked about doing things for yourself. Maybe, you know, going out and getting your nails done or getting waxed or taking care of your beauty products. Anything else you're thinking that we could just do on our own? You want to make an emotional wellness inventory. Like, what brings you joy? What makes you feel good? Write down a list of, like, uh, maybe 10 items. And then make sure, get yourself a plan of how you can implement at least three of them. And a time frame in which you want to do it. And just the same way that you schedule all of your meetings during the day, Put this on your calendar as well. Like, you know, get yourself ready to watch the, the game coming on or you prep mm-hmm. to, you know, get yourself to the next meeting and that, you know, your social organizations. Do the same thing for your mental health. Be intentional about scheduling it and participating in it. That's the biggest takeaway you guys can have for this evening. Great. Schedule and participate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Schedule and if you need to see someone, you're feeling it's still not, moving forward for you, certainly reach out. You mentioned EAP at work, which you can always give a call. You can always call your EAP. And right now the EAPs are really doing dynamic work because there's so many mm-hmm. therapists that are just at capacity. But I work for an organization like my the organization I founded, Clinician Fest. We are intentionally finding cost appropriate and cost effective trainings and therapists that will at least see you for a six session model, similar to our EAP model. And it's cost efficient. We work within insurance companies for reimbursement. Or sometimes if you're in crisis, we work even in partnership with your local health department, as well as individual therapists who are just donating their time to make um, what we're calling like pods or we have grad students that are working on their licensure they're under the supervision of a licensed clinician and you can come in for just that talk therapy to just get you through what we call a mohill now if it's a mountain 
That means we may have to be talking ER if you planted something, okay? If you planted something, I don't want you to call a grad student, okay? If you got a whole plan together, okay, I want you to dial 911 and tell them your plan. Stay Mm -hmm. on the phone. They will take it from there, This is all great advice. I'm so glad because it could be a heavy topic, but I'm glad we had a chance to talk about it and Mm -hmm. have some laughs with it, but also some good tips because I know a lot of us are out there and we even meet people a lot of times, Gail and I, when we're out and they don't want to come outside. They don't want to meet. They don't want to see anyone. They're stuck in the house. They feel bad. And they might watch us on our little adventures and they're having a good time laughing, but they aren't participating mm-hmm. in life. They have checked mm-hmm. out of it. So I think these are great tips to encourage people to, at least on their own, find those 10 items that bring them joy and work that into your schedule. I think that's great advice. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Check, on, check on those that we call what we call hibernating. Like checking on them, like, yeah, I'm doing great. You sure? Turn your camera on. How great you doing? And he's like, oh, wow. Okay, girl, don't worry. I'm going to bring you some edge control. I got two wigs over here. <laughs> you know, and so you want to check in on those that you haven't seen, those that you know are known already to disappear, but now they have been intentionally disappearing. You never know what's going on with someone. See something, say something. And this is the greatest time to be nosy. Put those Benita Betrayal skills together. Like, you ain't heard it from me, but, you know. <laughs> and then you go and check on that individual. Be like, I need to see you, boo. I need to see you. Where are you? In your driveway. Just come That's to right. the wave your hands. Mm-hmm. Wave your hands. I, don't, I know you ain't showered, so just wave your hand from here. Keep your arms mm-hmm. down. But just wave your hands. Just, you know. Let me know you're okay. And you right. know, I just came to honk the horn two times. And if you find you have a loved one or someone you care about that is not okay, don't just be like, well, I'm praying for you. Yeah. You know, intervene. Intervene. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want to do is have someone on your watch do something. You go, you know, she showed us all the signs. Right. right. Absolutely. So if you so, take away well, from this, be nosy, y'all. <laughs> nosy, get in people's business. Like, turn that camera on. <laughs> Well, you have given us such great information, a lot to think about. This has been really helpful. And I'm so glad that you have joined us today, Dr. Jones. Anytime I am just trying to be a cool girl that can get in on these adventures with Gail and Tia, because when I watch these videos, I'm like, look at these two. This is the (laughs) life I want to live. I'm like, look at that. They don't have any children chasing them. They don't look like they, they changed the pull-up today. They don't look like they had a husband that came downstairs and said, what's for dinner? And I well, said, I have that. I have that. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Yes. Please tell our listeners again where they can find you on social media. Please reach out to me. I'm Mrs. Doc Jones at MRS, D-O-C-J-O-N-E-S on Twitter as well as Instagram. And you can catch me on Facebook as well. I appreciate you guys having this platform. I think it's so important for our community to see us thriving and enjoying life and doing joy with full intentions. So I celebrate you both and keep it going. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Good night, ladies. Good night, and thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Gail and Tia's 
Adventures podcast. And we look forward to seeing you guys soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.